Joe podcast on this Friday, October the 27th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness. Thanks for being present with me as we take a look at the readings for this 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And these words uh, that we're going to hear, they have the power that uh, will speak for themselves. There is very little that I can add to them. And so because of that, uh, I'm going to dive right in. There's no reason for us to, to wait. Uh, just so you know, uh, we're going to read the first reading out of the New American Translation. That's the one that you, we hear at Mass every weekend. The Gospel, however, I'm going to read out of Eugene Peterson's translation called The Message. Uh, not because it's better than what we hear on Sunday, but because it's different than what we hear. Just in little ways, it carries the same message. So don't worry about that, that it's taking us somewhere different. But sometimes when we become so familiar with a word, we don't hear it anymore. We've become so familiar with a song, it doesn't speak to us like it did earlier. And sometimes we need to be jarred out of that. And, and a new translation can help do that. So I want to do that with this reading today and see if that can help wake us up a little bit to what that word is inviting us to. I hope to be more brief with my comments today because, again, the word is going to carry that power. So without further ado, let's just dive into that and hear where that word takes us, okay? For those who want to follow along, our first reading is going to be out of Exodus 22, uh, verses 20 to 26. And for uh, the gospel, it is going to be Matthew chapter 22 as well, verses 34 to 40. Let's break open God's word. A reading from the book of Exodus. Thus says the Lord, You shall not molest or oppress an alien, for you were once aliens yourselves in the land of Egypt. You shall not wrong any widow or orphan. If ever you wrong them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. My wrath will flare up and I will kill you with the sword. Then your own wives will be widows and your children orphans. If you lend money to one of your poor neighbors among my people, you shall not act like an extortioner toward them by demanding interest from them. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, you shall return it to them before sunset, for this cloak of theirs is their only covering they have for their body. What else have they to sleep in? If they cry out to me, I will hear them, for I am compassionate. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Again, what we're looking for here, my friends, is there a word, an image, an idea, a phrase? Is there something that comes to mind uh, when you hear the word of God? Stick with that. Ponder it. Chew on it. Let God speak to you deeply through that. And now let's break open the gospel. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Pharisees heard how he had bested the Sadducees, they gathered their forces for an assault. One of their religion scholars spoke for them, posing a question they hoped would show him up. Teacher, 
Which command in God's law is the most important? Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important, the first on any list. But there is a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophets hangs from them. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, these two laws are pegs and everything else hangs from them. When Jesus was approached in this manner by the Pharisees, and the Pharisees and Sadducees, of course, are competing factions within the Sanhedrin. They don't like each other. But they're trying to best Jesus, and in besting Jesus, trying to best each other. It's all ego-driven and control and power-driven. It's centered around them. And when they ask Jesus, which of these laws is the most important? They're not just asking him which of the laws of the Ten Commandments. That really is easy, and not easy, but, but it, would, it would be much easier because there's only ten to choose from. Give us one. You got a one in ten shot. Yeah, you know, there are going to be others that, that are going to be disgruntled that you didn't choose the one they like. But no. In Jewish, at the time of Jesus, um, now, Moses, of course, came down the Mount Sinai with the ten. Let's say, and, and forgive if I'm, I'm off by maybe a century, but give or take 1,300, 1,200 years before Christ. And in the time from when Moses came down to when Jesus came down, the Jewish people wonderfully debated and studied and looked at, at from all angles this, this law, this Decalogue, these Ten Commandments, and developed them into a whole way of being that, that encompassed 613 commandments. So much so that almost every step and every duty of every day could be guided by one of these. Now, in one sense, that gave them a real sense of who they were, that these were a people of the law, Right? And the law, don't think of it as restrictive, but think of it as, as um, something that is uh, aimed at building up, not tearing down or restricting from, but to move toward, okay? But some of these laws, of course, went, went, may have gone a little bit too far, in, in best of intent, though. So what they're trying to do is, is say, listen, how do you narrow it down to one? No matter what he answers, Jesus is going to be um, kind of nailed. And Jesus, of course, outfoxes him, as he does all the time. And Jesus chooses the one, which is the first commandment that Moses brought, what, what the Jewish people called the Shema. It's the one that they have on the, the lentils of their doors, right, um, that they kiss when they, they come and go. It's the one they hang from their tassels. It's the very center of who they are. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I like how Peterson puts it here. You know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. Everything that you've got, bring it. That's what we, we center on. It's the very center peg. I like that. 
it, it, it's what it's what grounds us. It's 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 that around which we revolve. If we were to hold onto that peg with one hand and just walk in a circle, everything else, I mean, that that's it. It is the centering part of who we are. But he but he says the other one should be set alongside it. I love that image. You know, if this is one, then one A is we gotta love other people as we love ourselves. And brothers and sisters, sometimes we can only love ourselves or, or, or only look through the eyes uh, of ourselves and say, hey, you know, I, I love this about uh, when people say this to me or do this to me, and so I'm going to love in like manner. And sometimes that may be a loving action for others. Sometimes they may need more than that. Um, and, and for those who have not read Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages, I urge you to read that, and you're going to understand more what I'm saying. is we, Ultimately, we have, to, we have to love other people through the, their own eyes and through the, their own way of receiving love. And I'll just kind of leave it at that. But that points us, brothers and sisters, to the, to the first reading, where, where Moses um, is inviting us to love through the eyes of who? The alien, the refugee, the migrant, the stranger. Uh, through the eyes of the poor. Through the eyes of the widow and the childless, which were voiceless. And, and what's so effective about that is he is reminding them, hey, do you remember how it felt when you were in Egypt? Because you were an alien. You were a refugee. You were a stranger in a strange land. That was you. How did that feel to be oppressed, to not have a voice? And what we're invited to do, brothers and sisters, is to love in a similar manner those who are on the outskirts here of our society, of our world, of our life, of uh, those who don't have a voice, right? Who are those in your life? And not only how do we love them through our own eyes and say, oh, this person must need this. They're without a home and let me give them shelter for a night. Although that is it, right? We can't just say, you know, um, say be warm and well fed and, and go about doing our own thing. They, they need to be fed and need shelter. We can't just wish it upon them. But I think it, it invites us more than that. It invites us into their very life, into their eyes. Again, using that five love languages image to say, how do they receive love? What is it they need? How do, how do I love them in this moment? Not just by based on how I think I should love them, but how they're inviting me to love them. And the only way I can do that is to be quiet and listen and understand their experience. Brothers and sisters, love is not for the faint of heart. It is not sentiment. It is not sexy. It is not easy. Love looks like Jesus on the cross, right? Love looks like dying to whatever it is, image that I might have of how to love somebody and allowing myself to be stretched. And boy, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good when we're stretched because we're stretched out of our comfort zone. But, but that's what love invites us to. And, and what is the one phrase that Jesus said more than any other? Be not afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to move beyond those boundaries which we have set for ourselves. Love is not for the faint of heart. Because first and foremost, it calls us into the world of those who are on the edge. 
Both Moses and Jesus talked about it all the time. Brothers and sisters, how do we listen to the, to the voice of the migrant today? Do, do we know them? How do we listen to the voice of the fringe today in our world? Um, and, and, and stop judging in our head and stop uh, reminding ourselves why they're incorrect or why they are as they are. But rather, allow them to form us and then to meet them on that place and to love them. And maybe it is, maybe all it is is simply um, listening to them. Maybe, maybe all they need is someone to hear them or to be present to them, not to give them anything or do anything. For, I, I don't know. But are we willing to set aside our own agendas, our own subjective idea of what love looks like and enter into their image of what that love needs at the time? Love is not for the faint of heart. Love is not being told. You know, and, and I think I'm going to end with this. I want to keep this one brief because the, these words carry the power. Third time I've said that, forgive me. Um, I want to end with this image of another reason that love is not for the faint of heart is because sometimes in loving, I'll even say oftentimes in loving, we have to blaze a trail. That we can't have somebody else tell us, this is the best way to love. You know, 613 commandments are great because they help define who we are as a people. But they can be constrictive. And we can find it hard to love outside them. I think the easiest thing to do is for somebody else to come up and, and say to us, Joe, this is the way you love them. This is allowed, this is not. But you know, when we get to the kingdom of heaven, I don't think God's going to use that or, or, or say, okay, that was an okay excuse. You were just told you couldn't do this. Okay, I'll buy that. When the Spirit of God invites us into a new place, are we going to fall back in a law that says, but we can't go there because that law says we can't? Or are we going to listen to the Spirit of God? And that's why, brothers and sisters, it takes great courage because it, it, it invites us to, to step out in faith, trusting that God will lead us and be present with us, even in the midst of this darkness, of this fog, of this, um, this cliff over which we, we feel like we're, we're, we're jumping, that God will meet us there um, and move us forward. I don't even know if that's the right words or image I'm, I'm doing, but it's it's really it's stepping out in faith, even when others may say, "I don't understand what you're doing." I want to use a song by a gentleman called Derek Webb. Derek used to be one of the lead singers and songwriters for a group called Cademan's Call. It was a Christian group back in the '90s and early aughts, uh, and then he kind of went out in his on a solo career and kind of did his own thing. I mean, Derek, oh my gosh, you talk about a, a voice on the edge. He is, and he's probably going to disrupt you if you ever go out and listen to some of the stuff. But he had a song came out about 15 years ago, give or take, called A New Law. And in it, he, he speaks to this whole idea of do not be afraid. He's going to speak facetiously about saying, hey, we can be so afraid. I just want you to tell me what to do. And he's saying, stop that. 
stop that. We got to move out of that. And I think Jesus in this, in these readings is, is saying that to us. He's saying what transforms us or what, therefore, what transforms the world is not a law, but it's relationship. And are we willing to allow ourselves to be changed in relationship, particularly with those who have no voice or are on the edge? Here's his, uh, Derek Webb's lyrics to this song, and we'll end with this. Don't teach me about politics and government. Just tell me who to vote for. Don't teach me about truth and beauty. Just label my music. Don't teach me how to live like a free man. Just give me a new law. I don't want to know if the answers aren't easy. So just bring it down from the mountain to me. I want a new law. Give me that new law. And at the end of the song, after Derek Webb uses a number of those same examples, he simply states over and over, I'll bet 8, 10, 12 times, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Brothers and sisters, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and one that invites us beyond ourselves to stretch ourselves to meet the other where they are. May we have the trust and courage to say yes to that today. Let's pray. We are entering into the joyful mysteries. We've finished the glorious, so let us begin all over again. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The first joyful mystery, the Annunciation. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thank you for being present with me to open God's Word this weekend. May you be filled with every good joy. Be well. God's peace.